Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul with this message entitled, The End and the Beginning, preached July 10th, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. It is appointed for man once to die. And then comes the judgment. We all must die unless the Lord comes. The end speaks about our death. And if we are believers in Jesus Christ, our death in Christ. Our death in faith. And the beginning is beginning of our life with God in heaven. But if you are not a believer, the beginning of life in hell. Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than anyone else in the New Testament. It is a reality, eternal hell. To most people, when they die, they go to hell. Vast majority. Few shall enter heaven. Jesus himself said so. And if you are outside of Christ, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And saved forever. St. Paul gave Timothy his final charge with all earnestness and solemnity. That he must preach the gospel for two reasons. First, the coming apostasy of certain believers of the church. Second, in view of the certain martyrdom of St. Paul and his soon departure to God's presence in heaven. The preaching of the gospel... And the work of Christ's church must continue until the epiphany, the glorious second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, God buries his workmen, but carries on his work of building his church with other laborers. Joshua followed Moses. Elisha followed Elijah, and now Timothy must follow St. Paul. In 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, Paul looks back his 30 years of ministry, 36 AD to 66 AD. He started out as a young man, as we read in Acts 7 and verse 58. Now he is an old man. Philemon verse 9. An old man thrown into a Roman dungeon to be executed for his faith in Jesus. Jesus calls every believer to follow him even to death. Matthew 16:24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
Luke 14, I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will, be, will get a taste of my banquet. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, his brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. It's a serious business to become a Christian. So now let us consider Paul's own statement of his present situation, his past labor for Christ, and his future blessed expectation. First, Paul concerning his present. Verse 6 gives another reason why Timothy must preach the word. The first reason was the apostasy of certain professing believers in the church. And 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, for the time will come, men will not put up with sound doctrine Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Every person who left because they cannot put up with the gospel. They are unbelievers. They went out to their own damnation. But there is another reason. St. Paul is about to be martyred for his preaching. He must soon die. He says, I must die. And so you must preach. He received his ministry from Christ. So he told us in 1 Timothy 1, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. And 2 Timothy 1 verse 11, and of this gospel I was appointed a herald, that is a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. But he cannot continue anymore. His end is fast approaching. It is already here. His life is already being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice of his ministry to the Gentiles. Even as a gallon of wine is poured out gradually upon the burnt offering sacrifice of a lamp until the last drop is poured out. His whole life has been a living sacrifice. So he told us in Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now comes his beheading and the shedding of all his blood. 
his blood is being poured out not by Nero's soldiers but by Christ the high priest himself who poured out his own blood on the cross in our place and for our salvation the process of my death has begun already he says my death is certain there is not going to be any deliverance as before in my first roman imprisonment we read about that in philippians 1 verse 19 for i know that through your prayers and the help given by the spirit of jesus christ what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance and again but it is more necessary for you that i remain in the body convinced of this i know that i will remain and i will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me and in philippians 2:17 but even if i am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith i am glad and rejoice with all of you and again he says i hope therefore to send him as soon as i see how things go with me and i am confident in the lord that i myself will come to you soon before when he wrote to the philippians during his first imprisonment he was not very certain of his deliverance now he is rearrested and he is writing to Timothy his last letter this time as he writes from the dungeon he is very certain of one thing his imminent death his blood is about to be spilled on the sacrifice of his life service to god as wine poured out upon the burnt offering again if you read the text he uses another metaphor to explain his impending martyrdom he says the anchor of the ship of my life has been weighed that is unloosed from its mooring and i am about to set sail from this world to the happy shore of heaven Philippians 1:23 uses the same language of departure. Ten epitomi ane kon eisto analusai. Kains kaisun Christo enai polo malon kreison. I want to set sail, I want to depart and be with Christ. which to me is far better Christ has destroyed our death by his death and brought life and immortality for us instead 
Jesus has given us eternal life. We are secure in our Savior Christ. So we read in Romans 8. Knowing all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced. That neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither the present nor the future. Nor any powers. Neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, in Christ, the following is true of all God's adopted children. Philippians 1.23 says, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. Depart from here means to be with Christ. And then he says, which is far better. Second Corinthians 5.8 We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. For believers, leave here, go home to God Philippians 121 to be to me to live is Christ and to die is gain can you say that if you are a believer then you will say that first Thessalonians 414 to die in Christ is to fall asleep in Jesus We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Revelation 14, 13 says, it is blessed. Then I heard a voice from heaven, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. It is blessed, it is rest from our labor. Psalm 116 verse 15 says, Believers' death is precious to God. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The souls of believers are perfected at death and enter into heaven. So we read in Hebrews 12, you have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. At death, our souls enter paradise. Jesus says to the thief who confessed Christ from the cross, Luke 23:43 I tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise and we are told at death our souls are carried by holy angels into third heaven to Abraham's bosom Luke 16:22 the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Friends, Jesus said at death, 
we go to our eternal home. John 14:2 In my father's house are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so I would have told you I am going there to prepare a place for you. That's our real home, sir. Paul is about to be killed, yet he is not depressed, sir. He is about to experience the second installment of his salvation. He has blessed assurance of being with Jesus. He looks forward to heaven as martyr Stephen did. Acts 7, but Stephen full of the Holy Spirit looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. As Jesus knew his hour has come. Paul knew his hour to depart has come. John 17, 1 after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. Second, Paul's past in the ministry. For Paul, the service for Christ is now completed. He's looking back upon his ministry of 30 years with satisfaction. But notice one thing. His sinful life, sinful past life is not recorded. It is forgiven and forgotten. Paul says elsewhere, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners. Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. There are three parallel clauses in verse 7 dealing with his successful ministry. Three Greek perfect tenses are used to emphasize the finality of his work for God. First he says, good fight I have fought. Good fight I have fought successfully and finished it. The Greek says, I have agonized the good agony. Jesus promised this good fight. Acts 9 verse 16, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Some people believe in Jesus to make more money. Live in bigger mansion and all that. They are fools. And you find them on television cheating people of their money. First Timothy 1.18 Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them you may fight the good fight. And 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession 
in the presence of many witnesses. Would you like that, sir? Fight the good fight. That's what believer and a minister must do. And he did. Let me read it to you, Second Corinthians chapter 11. Are these servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I'm more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, blessed are you when people insult you because a lot of people don't like to hear it. People will hate you, sir, because you believe in Jesus Christ. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Friends, be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the scripture that you can oppose And fight a good fight. I don't expect people to love me and hug me. I preach the gospel. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It is the story of the preacher of the gospel. Old Testament, New Testament. It is a good fight. Because it is God's fight. And because it is good for the salvation of God's elect sinners. And because it always ends in victory. True ministers are engaged all of life in a fight. But it is a good fight. True ministers and all true believers will emerge. From this fight against the flesh, the world, and the devil, more than conquerors, through him who loved us. And Jesus said, listen, John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And Paul says, Romans 5, not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Sir, the devil is against us. But Christ the conqueror is for us and so we fight and win in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power of the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God and in the power of prayer in the Holy Spirit. 
So let me read to you Ephesians 6. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Against, 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 against. But God is for us. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Not knocked down. Stand. Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. By his death and resurrection, Christ defeated all his and our enemies. So we resist the devil. And he shall flee from us. By grace we resist and fight. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 10, Paul says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me. Grace to live, grace to fight, and grace to die. Revelation 12 verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. The whole of Christian life is intense struggle against evil powers and we fight it not in our strength but in the power of the spirit of God Ephesians 3.20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Within every one of us. Then Paul says. In the metaphor of a race. The race I have finished successfully. His ministry he sees as a foot race. As he told us in 1 Corinthians 9. 24 through 27. One must be highly disciplined. Full of power. And always looking at the goal. And running toward it without any distraction. So he told us in Second Timothy 2.5. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to rules. 
And the writer to the Hebrews says this in chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And Paul says about his own life as a race. Acts 20, 22 through 24. And now compelled by the spirit I am going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city. The Holy Spirit wants me that prison and hardships are facing me. However I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only now listen. I may finish the race. And complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And finally the third statement. Paul says faith I have kept. Friends he did not wander away from the truth of the gospel. As the false teachers did. As we read in 2 Timothy 2.18, Hymenaeus and Philetus who wandered away from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place and so they destroy the faith of some. We keep the faith and preach it to you that you may believe and be saved. He always preached the apostolic doctrine given in the Old Testament and in the gospel. He always preached salvation through faith in Jesus Christ who was crucified for our sins and was raised from the dead for our justification. Friends, he not only preached the gospel, he also lived the life this faith demanded. 1 Timothy 1.19 Holding on to faith and a good conscience Some have rejected these And so have shipwrecked their faith In the evangelical world You find people By the thousand Shipwrecked Especially the ministers 1 Timothy 4.6 If you point these things out to the brothers You'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus Brought up in the truths of the faith And of the good teaching that you have followed 1 Timothy 4.16 Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. In Revelation 14.12 This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Friends, he fought the good fight. He ran the race. He kept the faith. Yet he did it all by grace. God did it all. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God. 
who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1, 28 through 31. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. That's why arrogant people cannot be saved so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Who are you? Falling blossom, the arrogance of man. Because of his IQ, his good looks, his money, his power. They all will be raised up to face judgment by the judge of the whole world, Jesus Christ. Paul's future happy expectation. Friends, he told us in this epistle, through faith in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. Chapter 1 verse 1. Faith and love, chapter 1, verse 13. Strength of grace, chapter 2, verse 1. Salvation, chapter 2, verse 10. Friends, as branches, vitally joined to the vine, produces much fruit through the life of the vine, freely received. So believers receive life of Christ to bring forth fruit Evidencing our salvation in Christ. We find salvation, eternal life, faith, love, grace, strength and so on and so on. Without Christ we can do nothing. But with Christ we can do all things having to do with the will of God. All things including martyrdom. Once we are truly saved, we are saved forever. Our future is glorious. Paul says in Philippians 3, What is more, I consider everything as a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now it is reserved for me, he says. Not for another, sir, for me. Reserved by Jesus Christ, reserved in heaven. What is reserved? The crown of righteousness. Reserved, sir. Galatians 5, 5. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. And we are told in First Peter 1, verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Reserved in heaven. And First Peter 1, 8 through 9, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Reserved in heaven. Kept in heaven. And who keeps it? Christ himself keeps it. 
Jesus Christ our Lord is quite able to guard what we have entrusted to him our salvation for that day as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 we ought to believe in Jesus that we may be saved eternally let God be true and every man a liar and he says believe and you will be saved he means it Let me read to you from John 11 25 and 26 Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will live even though he dies but whoever lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this my victor's crown of righteousness is not with me now it is reserved in heaven by the lord jesus my crown of righteousness my crown of salvation is very secure sir it is reserved in heaven for me and for you do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also friends we enjoy our salvation in three installments now right now when you believe in jesus next when you die and your soul having been perfected enter heaven and finally on the day when christ comes again with great glory this crown of righteousness is earned for us by christ himself by christ himself sir nobody else we didn't earn it for ourselves Titus 3, 5, and 6, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. It is imputed to us, righteousness now, but on the day of his epiphany, we will enjoy it. That is the crown consisting in righteousness of Christ in its perfect reality. It will be crown evidencing our justification by faith bible speaks about there is a crown consisting in righteousness there is a crown consisting in life eternal there is a crown consisting in glory galatians 5 verse 5 but by faith we eagerly await through the spirit the righteousness for which we hope revelation 2:10 Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days but be faithful even to the point of death and I'll give you a crown of life All these crowns are waiting for us sir, which all speaks about the fullness of salvation fullness of it Paul is not depressed at the prospect of his beheading. He is rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. He is looking forward to Christ's epiphany.
Titus 2.13 While we wait for the blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 and 21 hour, But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. How is your back pain, sir? But we are going to receive a glorious body. There is no back pain. There is no neck pain. There is no cancer. There is no blood pressure. There is no misery, sir. Because there is no sin. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God at the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The Bible alone gives you hope. Friends, Jesus the righteous judge, unlike Pilate and Nero, Jesus the righteous judge will give the crown of righteousness to Paul, but also he will give to every true believer a crown of righteousness. Even to Mr. Little Faith. Isn't that wonderful, sir? Let's praise the Lord. Everyone who loves Jesus and therefore loves his appearing and so lives a holy life. 1 John 3, 3, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. There are people who say believe in Jesus and go and sin. You can go and sin, but he is not coming for you. Peter says, 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people we ought to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Holiness, sir, if you love Jesus you will look forward to his epiphany. Titus 2, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all many teachers as to say no, no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. What is it you love most? The coming of Jesus or something else in this world? You must answer that question. From St. John, 1 John 2, do not love the world or anything else in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. What is it you are loving today? 
Luke 10:27 says love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself what is it you love most more money sir i don't trust in money that is idolatry 1 Corinthians 16:22 if anyone does not love the lord a curse be on him anathema Maranatha. Friends, Jesus says, I am coming soon. Will you say in response, Amen, come Lord Jesus? Or, please wait, I have plans. I have many plans. My girl is about to be married. I have plans, sir. If he does not come in our lifetime, we are certain we shall go to him as Paul did. End and the beginning. May God help us to make our calling and election sure. Yes. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to love Jesus Christ alone. Lord, I especially pray for those outside of Christ. Have mercy upon them. Save them today, O Lord. Today. That they may join with us in loving Jesus Christ and his epiphany. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.